So we have amazing friends with us this morning. Um, we have the Boardwells with us, and they are amazing friends. Yes, we can, we can clap. Um, so I told a story last week, and I'm going to tell it again because I love the story. Uh, when, when the Lord put on Kara's hearts and called us to plant Impact Rock Church, we lived in Westminster, and so we planted out of our living room, and it was just a handful of people. But we knew God had called us to Erie. We knew that we were called to Erie. And when we outgrew our living room, we started renting uh, a couple rooms at the Erie Community Center, and we met on Saturday nights. And uh, early on, uh, as we're worshiping the Lord, uh, anytime there's a new face, I try and hop over and, and shake your hand and meet. I, I want to I meet new friends. And so I saw a new face, and it was this man right here. And, and uh, I went over there and introduced myself, and he said, hey, my name is Matthew. Uh, I, I lead uh, Lifelong Church in Erie, and um, can, I, can I encourage the church? And I'm like, absolutely, absolutely you can. So uh, when, when I found a time in the service, I said, hey, uh, I want to introduce a new friend to you. This is Matthew Boardwell. He leads Lifelong Church in Erie, and, and he just wanted to encourage us. And he stood up, and he faced the, the crowd that was there. I say crowd. It was probably like in the teens. I don't know what it was, but it was early on. And he said, you are here because, because I have been praying for you, and God has answered my prayer. We need more churches in Erie. And I've been praying, Lord, send more churches. Send more churches that we can link arms with to advance your gospel together, that we can partner in this work. And he's like, so you are here as an answer to my prayer. I prayed you in. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps right now just telling it because that's the type of love we are called to have and partnership um, to advance the kingdom together. And uh, I won't tell every story, but I'll say this. It wasn't too long after that we started nurturing a friendship and coming together, and we had a wonderful Christmas time meal in their home, and uh, Impact Rock moved into their building, and we still met on Saturday nights, and they met on Sundays. And it's interesting because Byron would lead worship on Saturday nights, and then he would lead worship on Sundays, and... Um, and then the Lord just put on our hearts to, to believe for our own space. Uh, and we wanted to, to move our service to Sundays, and God was faithful. But um, I tell you what, he, he's, he was faithful in connecting our families and connecting us to this amazing family who we have the honor of supporting as missionaries to Ireland. So I am done introducing, um, but it's just a pleasure to rave about people that we love so much. And uh, so can we welcome up uh, Pastor Matthew Boardwell? You know, um, love is so um, indispensable in everything that we do. It's uh, I've heard it sung many times this morning. I've heard that word used again and again. Just want to make sure everyone here knows how much God loves us. Do you know how we know how much God loves us? This is how we know. What love is, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He didn't have to, you know. He did it because he wanted to. And he wanted to because you were lost. 
you were hopeless. And you could not save yourselves. But God saw you in that predicament. And he didn't turn away. He didn't reject you. He didn't say they're too bad. They're too gone. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So he came into our story as a human being among us. He lived a life like yours with the temptations that you faced. He did it all without sinning. Can you believe that? That's what scripture tells us. And then though he didn't deserve it, he took your place. He paid your price. The wages of your sin would be death. But he paid the price for you. Because he wanted to, because he loves you. He lived a life like ours. He died the death that we deserved. And that's not the end of the story. If that were the end of the story, it would be like so many other lovely human sacrifice stories. Like this guy jumped on a grenade for his buddies. This one stood in the way of the car for a friend. Those kinds of stories are, are good and inspiring. But there are so many of them. The world is full of people who, who gave up their lives for others. But that's not where the story ends. He, he was buried in a tomb, proved he was dead. And he went there with all of our sin and death and consequence. He took it there and he left it there when he rose from the dead to give us life. Not just life for now, but life forever. Not because he had to, but because he wanted to, because he loves you. Is that good news? So how do we respond to that love? We believe it. We believe it. We believe that he loved us that much. We respond to his love because we believe that he lived a life like ours. He died the death we deserved. He rose from the dead to give life to anyone who will believe. That's yours. If you'll take it. Out of love, he gave us that gift. But you know, if I push a gift across the table to someone and all of its wrapping and all of its care and all of its love and they look at it and leave it there on the table and walk away, they have not received the gift. It still belongs to me. I want them to have it, but they don't have it until they believe, until they take it, that they know I gave it in love and they receive it and open it and claim it as theirs. God loves you. We've sung it, we've said it, we've prayed it. And it's sitting there on the table waiting for you. You believe? That's such good news. It's totally unexpected good news. It's such extravagant love, it's hard to believe. But if you believe it, if you believe it, and that gift of eternal life is yours. Love is so indispensable in everything we do. And that love that God showed to us then, when we receive it, begins to flow out into other people's lives. And um, Mark, that's what we have. This isn't a, it's not a, friendship of expedience. It's a friendship grounded in the 
unbelievable, un, uh, just incredible love of God. Yeah, believe it. It's uh, 15 years or so, 11 years or so, I don't know. See, feels like feels like a lifetime we've known each other. I know uh, 20 minutes with me can feel like an eternity, so um, you're going to spend 20 minutes with me here. I, I want to share with you a scripture before I share with you our update. Um, it has to do with our update, so if you have a Bible or you have a phone, you can turn to 2 Timothy, or as we say in Ireland, 2 Timothy, chapter 2. It's really easy. 2 Timothy 2, 2. Um, I'm going to start in verse 1 there. <coughs> oh, you know what? When we met, Mark, I didn't need glasses and you didn't either. Where do you know? Paul is writing to a dear one, one that he loves, his own son in the faith. An unexpected gift from God, and he calls him in verse 1, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal but God's word is not chained. Hmm. There were two things this morning already that have touched my heart. Um, one is that I got to walk through the new preschool space beforehand. And that Impact, Impact Rock is um, prioritizing young people, very young people, is really beautiful. It's... Uh, it's beautiful. I was a preschooler when I heard the good news about Jesus the first time. Came from a, a nominally Christian home. When was invited to a vacation Bible school, and I heard the good news of Jesus. And the first time I heard it, I believed. I wasn't yet into school, but already the Lord claimed my heart, and I responded to Him by faith, and I became one of His. At the age that you're prioritizing, my wife Pam doesn't remember not believing in Jesus because from before she could remember, her, her family was feeding into her the truth about the Lord. And when she was three, she professed faith in Christ at the age you're prioritizing. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And then we had children come up here and we prayed for them. And I thought, you know, this is generational ministry, really, isn't it? Like We don't want our generation to be the last to believe. We want to pass that on. And what Paul is telling Timothy here is, look, you are my son in the faith, but that's not enough. You are my son in the faith. And you know what? I've been talking to you. I've been telling you the truth. I've been saying it in front of many witnesses. And now I want you to find other reliable people who you can tell. Not so, but even that won't be enough. 
right? He said, I want you to tell them so that they can then tell others. Did you see that in verse 2? The things you've heard me tell you in the presence of many witnesses, find some reliable men that you can pass this on to so they can teach others. So, so for, do you see the generations there? There's Paul, and Paul tells Timothy. Timothy's supposed to find some other guys to tell, not so that they'll be a reservoir of it, but a conduit, and that they'll pass it on to others. Generations, generations. <coughs> we are not the end of the story. If you believe that good news that I said at the beginning, if you've experienced that love of God, you cannot be the end of the story. What you need to do is when you've responded to the grace of God is look around you and say, who needs to hear this? Who needs to experience this? Who will hear it and pass it on to others? Who will be the next generation? And it's so important, so incredibly important for us to see that this is an ongoing work of God. And I tell you, this strategy works. You know how I know it works? Because you are sitting here today. Right? Because you are sitting here. That means that Paul told Timothy and Timothy told some others and some others told some others and some others told some others. And one day, one of those others told you. Right? Do you remember who it was? Maybe today... It was me, right? Maybe it was something you heard here earlier. Maybe, maybe this is the first time really the good news of Jesus has found a place in your heart. I don't know. But somebody told you. Do you remember who it was? They didn't tell you so that you would be the last one to hear it. They told you so that you would find someone else who needs to hear it. You're not the end of the story. And if we do it well... Then generations of faith from now, others will be here. And others will be elsewhere. Maybe crazy places like Ireland. Right? Maybe far, far from here in places you've never been. There'll be people who are here because you found someone faithful to tell it to, who was faithful, who told it. And we can be celebrating this forever. Yeah? But it's not easy. In fact, it's really hard sometimes to keep telling it. And sometimes it costs a lot. Paul reminds Timothy that when you do this, then it's hard. And sometimes it comes at, at great cost. For some of those early generations, it came at the cost of their lives. That didn't stop them. For a lot of us, it comes at cost of reputation. People hear us say that. They, what, they think we're out of our minds. They stop respecting us. It's part of the cost. But it's worth it to pass it on. And aren't you glad they didn't stop? Aren't you glad that they weren't discouraged? That they kept on in spite of the cost? I know that's what he meant because in the next verse it said, Endure hardship like a good soldier. And if you're a good soldier, you're not going to get mixed up in, in all kinds of distractions because the only thing that matters to a good soldier is that he pleases his master. A good soldier, my goodness, they go through hardship. Have any of you been soldiers? Anybody served in the military? Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. 
You guys paid a price. It wasn't easy, was it? And nobody signs up for boot camp saying, won't that be a holiday? But you paid the price. Some of you served the people who paid the ultimate price. Not because that's what they wanted to do, but because they were a good soldier. They had a commander to please. And they weren't going to get distracted by civilian affairs and other things. Can I just say it feels to me like the last several years Even God's church has been distracted by many civilian affairs. And some of us think more about political situation than we do about the mission of God. Some of us. God forgive. We must remember that in spite of hardship, we carry on. In spite of loss, we carry on. Because ultimately, our commander is our director, and we seek to please him. Paul told, told Timothy, it's going to be hard, but even when it's hard, please him. He doesn't stop there. It's not just one example of how hard it can be. He goes on to athletes. Do we have any athletes here? Any of you? Oh, there's more hands. Okay. Now, some of you are not raising your hand, but your family would say you're an athlete, <coughs> right? Because they've watched you compete. They know how hard you work and how you get up early. You go out running. You keep training. You want to be better. Have any of you ever played on a sports team with someone who doesn't care if you win? Ugh, isn't that terrible? Isn't it terrible to be on a team with somebody who doesn't care if they win? If you feel like that, don't put me on your team. I'm the least competitive person in the world, I think. <coughs> but it is hard to play with athletes who don't care if they win. Paul says, be a good athlete. Work hard. He says, if anyone competes to be an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. He's out to win. He wants the crown. So he's going to follow the rules, and he's going to train till he wins. But that's hard work. It takes a long time. So he says, like a soldier, like an athlete, like a farmer. Do we have any farmers here? I was just in Alberta a couple of weeks ago, and almost everybody raised their hand. And some farmers here. How about gardeners? Have some gardeners? There's a few more hands. Yeah. He says there that the hardworking farmer should be the first to celebrate, the first to receive the share of the crops. So a farmer is not working for nothing. A farmer is not sowing for nothing. A farmer is not putting in the tilling and the soil improvements and the seed and the cultivating and the weeding and all of that for nothing. We're doing that to see a crop, a harvest. But a harvest takes time. It takes time and hard work. Right? Paul tells Timothy, like a soldier, like an athlete, like a farmer, keep after it. Keep passing it on. Keep passing it on and look to your commander as he pleased. Keep passing it on, looking past to the victory, like an athlete. 
keep passing it on in spite of hardship because there is a harvest coming. All of these are, are metaphors for how hard and long the process is, how much work it takes, but that there's a reward. There's the reward, the smile of the commander, the victory of the race, and the crop at the end of all of it. Keep going. Don't give up. And then he says in verse seven, uh, 7, keep thinking about this. There's more in it. Reflect on it, and the Lord will give you even more insight than this. But then he goes on to say, Jesus Christ. Remember, I, met, I started there. Who gave it all up, and he rose from the dead, and that's why the story is good news. Good, good, good news. Good news. Paul says that, look, I've been urging you to keep on even in spite of hardship. And because I've been keeping on in spite of hardship, I am in chains. See that in verse 8? And by this point in his story, Paul is waiting in Rome for his execution. A little later in the letter, he says, I have finished the race. I have poured it all out. It's time for me to go. And while he's thinking of that, he writes this to Timothy. He says, I'm in chains. But what does he say about the good news? This might be a place to start my, my uh, PowerPoint. What does he say about his chains? The good news is not chained. The good news is not chained. No matter how much hardship comes, no matter what restrictions come on us, do we know about restrictions or what? No matter what restrictions, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is not chained. It's not. There's no way to hold it back. Now, it took me a while to figure this out. As uh, To tell you the truth, for a good part of 2020 and 2021, I was a very grumpy missionary. I don't say that with any sort of pride. It's actually conviction. I was a grumpy missionary because the whole 2020 pandemic wrecked everything I loved about our ministry. Before uh, March, May 2020, um, we were in daily face-to-face contact with so many people. A huge part of our ministry was music, music together with others in small spaces. It was music in pubs, music in the streets, music in the schools, music in the community center in our home. So much music. There were Bible studies face-to-face in people's living rooms and in rented classrooms in churches, we did all kinds of face-to-face. And, and in the summer of 2020, all that was gone. All, all of that was gone. We did a lot of one-on-one coffee and lunches and breakfast meetings. Not very many breakfast meetings in Ireland. Life is later there. A lot of time, though, face-to-face, tea, coffee, all of it in that short period of time, we went from being our whole life to being illegal. It was illegal. So we had to change the way that we went about everything, and, and I was reluctant to do so because I loved, I loved that stuff. 
I loved it. And all I could see, all I could see was how much we had lost. Um, in Ireland, just to give you a sense of how things were, we were restricted for a while from um, traveling more than two kilometers. So we were, our, our movement was restricted to two kilometers. So that's a circle of about a mile and a quarter. Uh, so we had to stay at home. And if you could go outside and walk around your house, that was okay. But you had to stay within two kilometers of your house. And for that first year of the pandemic, that went up to five kilometers, back to two kilometers, went up all the way to the county borders and back to five. Anytime the, the case count would rise, restrictions would become more severe. So our, our movement was limited. Our association was limited. We weren't allowed to meet with other people. Um, there was a while where uh, we weren't allowed to have anyone in our house. Then there was a time when they said up to two. Then they said, no, nobody at all. You can meet. You can't meet outside unless you accidentally meet someone in a park and you're both walking the same direction and you keep socially distanced. It's impossible to enforce, but those were the rules. That's the way things were. We were also restricted. We couldn't meet with Bible studies or prayer meetings or church for the longest time, so everything went to Zoom. And that stayed on Zoom until, was it autumn last year? Long, long time. Um, these restrictions were hard for me. I was a missionary to meet people and to share the gospel and to be a part of their lives. And, and um, I was a really grumpy missionary. And um, this spring, though, as I was reading through the book of Acts with our girls, oh, um, sorry, Oxford University also studied all the different restrictions that went on in Europe, and they said that the restrictions in Ireland were the most severe, or the most stringent, and the longest of anywhere. And that's where you sent me to serve as your spokesman, to share good news with people. But as I was reading with the girls through the book of Acts, we came to the last two verses of Acts. And do you know where Paul is at the time? He's gone through a, a terrible journey getting there. And when he finally arrives, they put him under house arrest. Imagine. And it says there, for two whole years, Paul stayed in his rented house. Sound familiar? And he welcomed all who came to see him boldly and without hindrance. He preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I couldn't put together in my head, even as I read it to them, how they could be on our house arrest and have without hindrance. Like those two things don't seem to go together. Without hindrance? Lord, what is that? And as I thought about it and then thought more about our situation, I began to realize that even under the stringent, most stringent lockdowns in Europe, God had opened wide some important doors for us, not in spite of COVID, but because of it. I'd like to share with you a few examples of that. Um, so before I do, let me introduce you to my bride, Pam. Will you stand? I'd like to embarrass you. Yeah. And my daughter, Zephanie. Yeah. And if you happen to run into the other one around here, her name is Harmony. I think you have another Harmony here in your church, so don't confuse the two, but they're friends. Anyway, <clears throat> do any of you like a good pun? 
It's too bad too bad there aren't any, right? <laughs> um, I put together some visual puns to give an example. This is our family now in Ireland. I'm sorry, just back one slide. Our family in Ireland, the four of us that are left, if you've been with us since the beginning, you remember we used to have nine kids in that picture. Now we're down to two. Here are the nine. Next slide. This is the last time we were all able to be together and the last time I was able to got to be with a big group in Ireland or for a long time because we returned to Ireland shortly after where all those restrictions were on. So those are all of our kids and two of the in-laws and uh, praise God for that bunch. They're, they're a delight to our hearts. All right, so will you jump down to my pun sheet, the five pictures together? So I'll just go through these stories quickly. Uh, the first one... Next screen here. We did a lot over that period with YouTube. You get it? Okay. Um, we didn't intend to do any online ministry. We weren't very good at that at the time. But because of it, God gave us some really cool opportunities. I started, uh, in the past, I did a walk on Good Friday with uh, about 40 to 50 local people. And we would, we would stop in beautiful places and then reflect on one of the stories from the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And uh, we always had between 40 and 50. They were local all around the Sligo area. But uh, in 2020, we were stuck home just a mile. So we decided to make this, do the same thing, do the same video, do it online. And after we did it online, 2,000 people watched it. 2,000. <coughs> And, and best of all, uh, one day one of our neighbors called us as we were walking down the road in that period of restriction, and she said, I watched your video. I watched it over and over the night before Easter because my mom told me I should, I should see it. And I thought, how beautiful is that, that we got to be sharing good news with our neighbor, not in spite of COVID, but because of it. Yeah. During COVID-19 and the restrictions... Um, go on to the next slide, I think. The, uh, the country of Ireland, or the, the broadcaster of Ireland, the Irish language, <laughs> they put together a series of vignettes of one child from each county, and from our county, our daughter was chosen. And so you can watch this video online if you want. It's, um, she's explaining our life in Ireland in Irish, for three minutes, and uh, that she's creative, and that she does music. That's what Hyol means there. And um, so uh, because of COVID-19, our family was introduced to Ireland, to the whole country. Beautiful, isn't it? All right, so YouTube. Next, I want to show you, you see that's the, uh, Shakespeare's play, <laughs> Hamlet, in the Shredder playground. Isn't that hilarious? Aren't I funny? So this is our girls' school here, and uh, there are about 70 to 75 kids in the school. And uh, for, for a good portion of COVID-19, schools didn't meet in session, but they started back. And uh, when they started back, the parents thought, you know, they've been in the same building all day. It's not going to be any additional risk if they walk just across the street and play at that playground. And so for months after the school started meeting again, <coughs> we got to walk across the street. And the children would play, and the parents then would stand around the fence 
for hours at a time, talking and getting to know one another. It was an opportunity to make friends and to interact with people I'd never gotten to know before. They didn't have anywhere to go. They didn't have anything on their calendars. I didn't have anything on my calendars. And because of this period of time, we had this extended period of time, rain or shine, to stand outside, <coughs> socially distanced, of course, and to get to know one another. And because of that, we, learned, we, we got to know most of the families in our school. Praise God. An opportunity that was given when we thought we lost everything. All right. Next one. Meals on Wheels. <coughs> this is a great story. So if you look at the top uh, image there in the middle, that circle was the, the distance I was allowed to travel. We were, And that doesn't get us to a town. So where we live, we're out in the countryside between Manor Hamilton, the community of our focus, and Sligo, the bigger town on the coast. We could go out of that circle to get groceries or to see a doctor, and then we could go back. And I could justify going back basically anywhere in that cone-shaped area. But part of our ministry in Ireland is to the villages surrounding Manor Hamilton. And so we've been engaged in some work and prayer in all of those places, but because of the restrictions, we couldn't get to any of them. And so Pam and I just began to pray, Lord, how, how do we get back there? Do we only just pray for them and wait? Is there any, any way that we could have ministry to those communities in this time of lockdown? And a friend came to me and said, uh, Matthew, we used to bring the senior adults in twice a week on buses for a community lunch together. Um, but now we can't do that. Wonder we're, what we're trying to do is get out to them and still check on these people and provide service for them. Would you be willing to drive? I said, man, I'd do anything to get out of my house. <laughs> and um, he said, well, it's a, it's a difficult route. There's a lot of driving, and it's very rural. Would you, be, would you be willing to do it? I said, well, just show me the route. So he took me on the route. Starting in Manor Hamilton, the first stop was in that community at the top that's off limits to us. The second, third, and fourth were in that second community. And the fifth and sixth were in that last community. So on the way back to Manor Hamilton, I told my friend, I said, you know, this is an answer to prayer. This is exactly what we've been asking God for. And when we got back to the center, he gave me a letter from the Irish government giving me permission to travel in all these places. <coughs> so that morning when I woke up, it was illegal to go to those places. And that evening, I had the government endorsement to go. Is it beautiful? Like That didn't happen for everybody in Ireland. It happened because you were praying, and we were praying and waiting to see what God would do. And he opened doors. And as the restrictions lessened, and more and more, as I dropped by to see these people, I would meet their family and their neighbors and people from the town. And because of COVID-19, not in spite of it, we have more people that we know and love and pray for than we did before the lockdowns. You see? God's word has not changed. It's not. The next image is not a pun. 
It's a great story, and I'm not going to tell you. You have to come talk to me at the back if you want to hear that one. And the last one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. As the lockdowns continued, <coughs> a number of community groups started losing members, um, not to COVID, but just because they weren't engaged anymore. And as these vacancies opened, people looked around to see who was willing and local and would help. And so <laughs> by the end of COVID, praise God, I was serving on four committees in, and boards in the town. There are two reasons this is beautiful. One, because of that, I'm more engaged with what's happening in the community. That's such a gift to, to know people and know what they're up to and, and to be able to pray for them and, and meet others. So it's beautiful. But the second thing is that we've been there long enough and we've been steady enough in the community, we've been engaged enough that when people saw a vacancy and had a need, they came to us. And that is an affirmation that they love us, they trust us, they've gotten to know us, they believe that we'll be good for these groups. So praise God for that too, because without COVID, that wouldn't have happened. Not because of, or not in spite of it, but because of it, God has opened all these doors. Let me read you that scripture again. Maybe you can read it with me. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Will you say it again? God's word is not chained. Do you believe that? Paul wrote that to Timothy. He said, look, as you pass these things on, there's going to be incredible suffering, and you're going to have to endure you're going to have to fight for it and carry on, even though it's hard. Like a soldier, like an athlete, like a farmer, keep going, passing it on. And as you pass it on, each generation is going to face these same things. And as they do, remember, this is the good, good news. This is the good news. And no matter what kind of hardship, even if they chain us down and won't let us out, God's word is not chained. It's not. There's nothing that restricts him. His power to act or do, nothing. How do we know that? How do we know how much God loves us? <laughs> he crossed every barrier. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, right? One more thing. It's a huge answer to prayer, and as we move forward, God, I believe, is going to use it. This also happened not in spite of COVID, but because of it. Um, Pam has been teaching music lessons and Manor Hamilton almost since we arrived, <coughs> and her group has grown and grown and grown. When the school started up again, she was able to start teaching this group again, and immediately the rooms we were using at the community center were too small, so we started looking for spaces. We also needed spaces where we could do youth activities, children's activities, Bible studies, and so on. So we started looking around for that. But um, in um, the local physiotherapist, um, closed her business down, not, not because of COVID, but during that period. And, and as a result, this building sat empty. Um, no one wanted to rent or start a business in that sort of environment, so it sat empty for a long time. And when we were looking, we, came, we found this space that's really perfect. It's got, it's got an entryway. It's got a room that will hold about 60 people. It's got two Sunday school kind of rooms off the side of it, a big dining room, kitchen area off the back and a bathroom and all of it 
right in the heart of Manor Hamilton. So when we approached the, <coughs> the owners and asked if we could rent, they were only too eager to offer it. So we started using this building in April. It's been used even since we came back to the States. One of Pam's um, music students' mothers kept teaching in her absence. This is the way we used that space for that. That day, there wasn't even electricity in the building yet, but already the building was being used. And then this is a Bible study we had the Friday night before we left. Seven people there representing families who we've reached out to and that we do love. And uh, we believe in time God's going to use this space that he opened up because of the lockdowns. He provided it to us. He wasn't, he wasn't restricted at all, and we aren't either. Now, I wish that I'd figured that out sooner. My poor wife and family would have had to endure a grumpy missionary for as long as they did. I wish I'd realized sooner, even while I was driving around to all these communities, that those were wide open doors that God had provided. I wasn't just living through restrictions. I was experiencing his open doors. I could have been a contented, happy, growing missionary. But even in spite of my bad attitude and the restrictions that were on us, God's word was not changed. He's not limited, not by them, not by us. He's not. Because he wants that good news that I shared at the beginning to get into every house, into every heart, everywhere, here in Ireland, all around the world. He's not changed. He's not limited. His good news, his good news keeps going out. Don't you be the end of the story, right? Don't look at your restrictions. Look at what God can do. He's not limited, and he loves infinitely. Amen? Ah, so grateful for you. Uh, church, um, so there's a thing called the banking laws of relationship, like banking, you know, it, deposits and withdrawals. Um, so for those of you, this is your first time, like I, I just haven't had the opportunity to make significant deposits in your life. So just, I'm only speaking to Impact Rock family right now, but you can, you got freedom, but Impact Rock family, I'm going to make a withdrawal right now. Um, it's not very often that I like, kind of ask you, I want you to give towards this. It's just not. We're, our church is debt-free. God is faithful. We have low overhead. It's just not. But I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm making a withdrawal in the relationship, not in your account. I don't have access to that. Um, this is something that God has called us to support. This is a work that is bearing fruit. And this is an opportunity for us to make an impact beyond our, our, our local region and beyond this church. And whether it's one time today or whether I believe that God's stirring some of you that this is going to be a monthly thing that you're going to give. Um, Talia, please make sure you pull up the graphic for the giving page, please. Um, if you scan it, there's a drop-down called Mission Fund, and 100% of what you give, there is no administrative cost or anything like that, 100% of what you give is going to to advance this work that, that God is doing in Ireland. And I will say this, that the, this family, they are, they are distributors. They distribute God's love. They distribute God's grace. Whatever God gives, they distribute. And so 
whether the giving will go towards a specific need in the community or whether it'll give go towards their family or there's a season it'll may go to I don't care where it goes to because I know that they distribute generously and freely as the Lord leads and we can give with faith in doing that. I really should see more phones out. I really should see more phones in, in hands as people are, are getting ready to give. Like I'm telling you, I'm making a withdrawal, y'all. Cadence. Like like even like I'm even the young people. This is an honor to give towards this work. And I don't I'm not kidding. This is an honor. So I know Matthew's probably very uncomfortable right now. Sorry, brother. Sorry. It's you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I'm just gonna stand right here. There we go. So I don't have to all right. Um, but this is an honor. And um I said it a few weeks ago, you know, Andy and I talked. We just, we haven't done a great job of of passing on newsletters and encouraging y'all to sign up to the YouTube channel and doing these things, but that that's that's over. That day is behind us. Um, this is the work God's called us to, and it's a joy. It's an honor. So um, there you go. Let's, let's give towards that. And like I said, in the drop-down missions fund. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one quick thing. If, if there's someone here that responded to that, that presentation of God's gift of salvation, and you believe, like in your heart, you're like, I, I received that gift. I believe. I believe Jesus loves me. I believe that that I can have life in Him and through Him. Um, let us know. We want to get you a Bible. We want to link arms with you. We want to start walking with you. Um, so let us know. You can even let myself know. You can let Matthew know. You can let Andy know. Any of us. Um, but we want to start linking arms with you and, and point you to Jesus. Um, and, and it's a celebrate. We want to celebrate that with you as well. So, Eric. I just want to pray with you that God's word would sink down in your heart and the things you've heard today would not just be a nice thing you came upon one Sunday morning, but really truth that changes who we are and how we respond to the challenges that come into our lives. I also want you to note that between Mark and I, we have the Irish flag going on here today. <clears throat> green, green, white, and orange. So isn't that cool? Yeah. Praise the Lord. It was uh, not planned. Not, not planned, planned. wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, let me pray for you. Uh, King of the universe, you are so good to extend your love toward us. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. You just love and you come looking for us. Praise you for that powerful truth, that good news, that you lived a life like ours. You died the death we deserved and you rose again to give us new life if we'll only believe. Help us believe. And if there is someone here today that's struggling with the decision to follow you, I pray they would just see that extravagant love and respond. That wherever you lead is good because you love us like that. I thank you, too, for the many in this room who have contributed to your kingdom, who have been praying or working or telling or whatever, and they've done it day after day, and sometimes it's been hard. And sometimes they haven't seen any results for it, and they're disappointed Sometimes in, even in you, and I pray, Lord, that today you'd remind them that that's how it is as a soldier. 
That's how it is as an athlete. For many days like that as a farmer before the harvest comes when nothing is evident. And I pray that they would trust you and carry on. Lord, I thank you for including us in your work and not doing it without us, but giving us the privilege of, of being the ones who hear and pass on this good, good news. I pray that you'll encourage the discouraged hearts. You will strengthen those who are passionate about sharing your truth. You'll, you'll lead us to tell others, another generation who can believe and pass it on to another generation. It's an amazing privilege. And Lord, maybe there's some grumpy missionaries in here today. I pray that by your mercy, you'll forgive them and open their eyes to what you are doing, what you can do. Because you are not limited. Your word is not chained. You are almighty God. You can break every boundary to get your extravagant love known to the nations. We adore you. We praise you. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Christ. leave us with this lesson. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day.